we've struggled a little bit at the end of the season in the front row and our depth chart was just getting a little bit thin. Now it's got an awful lot thinner. Ironically, might have a weaker sub bench on the front row than a Leinster would have. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. Let's go back to Crow Park and Tommy Welch who's standing by. Limerick 27 points, Galway 121. A three-point win for Limerick. Not as comfortable as that scoreline suggests, Tommy. No, and I suppose the most important thing for Limerick is the four, three in a row is on. Um, 14 games unbeaten since 2019 stretches out to 15 and I suppose it's the final that they've been waiting for like I don't think they've made any secret of the fact that it is Kilkenny I suppose that they've wanted all along you know I suppose after 2019 I suppose also the fact that they've been traditionally one of the top three powerhouses of the game going back to when, when Hurland began back in the 1800s so I think this is the final they, they needed this is the one they wanted I suppose to cement their legacy and as regards you know one of the greatest teams you know in, 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 in Hurland history well I'm sure they w- it will cross their minds that this should be a five in a row tilt but for Kilkenny in 19 who caught them on that amazing day and maybe in some respects that's given Limerick that extra incentive and that extra bit of hunger to keep doing what they're de- doing year after year at the moment but regardless as you said there'll be uh, an extra pep in their step looking at a Kilkenny jersey yeah absolutely and I suppose it's, uh, what will encourage them going into the final now is that uh, Kyle Hayes rediscovering his form he was absolutely wonderful in that second half I think he's after getting man of the match looking down he's doing an interview there with a trophy so he got one of the man of the matches anyway whether it was the RT one or the, the Sky Sports one he was brilliant in that second half just came deep for a ball out around midfield won an awful lot of ball and as I said Deemer Burns scored uh, that late free to put him three points up so Galway had one more chance to get a goal to draw the match who caught the ball when the ball came down to the square Kyle Hayes he was gone back from centre forward back out to, to, to around the full back line caught the ball and the referee blew the whistle so I think it's their ability to depend on different players in different games Garrod Hegarty was taken off Tom Morris he was, was taken off Peter Casey and Lynch came on didn't play particularly well weren't on the ball I'd say all but a different sub came on one that probably we weren't speaking about before the game David Reedy and he scored three points three crucial points in that close in probably 20 minute period um, so I think it's their ability to depend on different different players at different times in different games like Alan we spoke highly of him he's five got in, in the first half from play he scored I'd say only one more in the second half from play so he was quite in the second half that's when up stepped Kyle Hayes uh, Darrow Donovan had a fantastic first half he went off David Reedy came on and as I said he closed it out so yeah listen I'd say plenty of encouragement for Limerick out of this they would be delighted with the, the you know the, the, the big test they got here from Galvin Cahill Mannion we felt if Galway were to, to give him a chance they'd have to score goals their big men would have to play well Dahi Bork on any of the chances where he had a chance of defending against Galan, he was extraordinary any 50-50 balls he came out with in, in fairness to him that was a right thing done battle Cahill Mannion scored four from play uh, Tom, Tom uh, Monaghan scored four from play and I thought Joseph Cooney had a great game throughout as well and how was it that Galway after going down initially by several points to Limerick one got back in the game and then two found sustained joy against this brilliant Limerick side because not many people were predicting Galway would be able to do that yeah I think a couple of things the first one is work rate physicality so when you consistently have that it keeps you in the game when you're not hurling particularly well and then if you get the chance the opportunity to, to put the ball in the back of the net then you're back in the game and your spirits are high because you've been working hard although the, the hurling might be flowing your energy is flowing because you're getting into hooks you're getting into flicks you're getting into tackles so that when you do come back in 
into form at some stage of the game then you can drive it on and that's what they've done because it was Concanon's goal really kick-started it then after where the hurling started to flow Mannion came into the game strongly after that where you see Limerick don't man-mark as such it's all zonal defending they trust each individual to win their, their own kind of patch if you like but what that does is it gives spaces gives space to hurlers and, and Galway have plenty of them like Tom, Mon- Mon- Tom Monaghan and Cotton Mannion if you want to mark them out of the game you mark them tight you put runners with them but if you give them kind of zonal defence they, if they get passes they'll score points all day uh, Hawkeye as well was influential today there was another point in the second half uh, which Fintan, Fintan Burke scored from the wing half back position looked like it was gone wide but it went to Hawkeye and Hawkeye gave the point so very you know a big day for Hawkeye as well fairly. yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. it would be an interesting experience to go back through the last any number of all Ireland finals that didn't have Hawkeye and see if the result might have been different because it's having an incredible effect on games at the moment it is yeah so would you say Limerick were a fair degree below their very best today Tom I don't know they weren't allowed like you know and that's the one thing coming into a semi-final you're not playing you know you're, you're playing a team that gets to the last four um, is a good team mm. you know and you know I know they didn't get much credit for the Leinster final didn't get much credit for the the game against Cork but listen they still stuck to their tasks the, the Leinster final was the only game they were, they were beaten in so far this year so that has to like a bad team doesn't do that uh, Joe so um, I think they're like you know the, 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 the issue with Galway is their main players have been around a long long time and that's what I felt would be able to turn up on you know the biggest day of all in the semi-final after so many games it's grand for an older type team to turn up once every couple of weeks but when you have to do it week in week out with sharp breaks it's it's much more difficult but they did it today and um, I'd say that probably was due to the fact that everyone ripped them off so much mm. when you're written off like that it can lead to a, a performance like that but traditionally Galway have produced always produced in semi-finals um, they're going for the double this year as well so I'm sure Galway were on a high as a county but out you know in the football parts and then inside in the hurling parts but uh, why, why were they in this game I, like defensively I said they had to get their matchups right Joseph Cooney went on Tom Morrissey he did very very well uh, Mannion on I'd say it was Mannion on Hegarty for most of the game Hegarty had, had a lot of joy in the first half maybe out around the middle and getting the ball in but in the second half he did not have the same joy uh, there was a lot of last ditch tackles last ditch hooks last ditch flicks there was plenty of um, you know rivalry on the sideline as well between Canurk and, and Henry they were going ahead and Kylie for most of that second half which you know within the rules of the game like they were only you know there was yeah. nothing physical or anything like that but it was great it was, it was interesting to watch it was kind of a you know a sideshow here just two guys that were pumped up for every referee's decision every tackle every score and uh, yeah it was enthralling Shefflin and Canurk both booked if I'm not mistaken two yellow cards yeah I'd say <laughs> Shefflin was never booked when he was hurling now he's because <laughs> before the game we were looking at Galway's firepower and we were suggesting that aside from Connor Whelan they might really struggle to put up reasonable numbers now uh, 121 is a reasonable number in an All-Ireland semi-final against Limerick so who came to the fore that maybe we didn't name check enough pre-game yeah so Whelan was quite enough in fairness to him um, he scored two points from play but it was Tom Monaghan and uh, Cottle Mannion were the main scorers from play both of them scored four points uh, from play each and then uh, the score Conor Cooney in fairness to him hit a fair few um, uh, frees now we were looking at as well it looked like say if you're not looking at stats and if you're not looking at possibly the television you'd say 
Galway were just hitting wide after wide again after speaking to you they hit a good few wides three or four in the last probably five or six minutes yeah. and you would say listen is that what lost it for him but then I was looking at the, it came up on the big screen here in Crow Park uh, Galway hit 19 wides Limerick hit 15 so it wasn't that much of a difference really but I suppose when the one by three points possibly only four wides in the difference is the is the difference if you well, like yeah we said they'd need everything to stick yeah. and they'd probably need a goal they got the goal not everything stuck but you need a day of days don't you Galway were always going to need a day of days they were always going to need a day and I think you hit the nail in the head Everton went probably according to plan as a po- and the only thing that didn't probably was the wide that you hope that went over the bar instead of going two inches to the right it went two inches to the left mm. like and how close they were was them two Hawkeye decisions the umpire gave a point for in both cases but Hawkeye came back and said it was wide so on another day you strike it a little bit differently off the hurl it goes over the bar say an inch to the left instead of an inch to the right and suddenly you're you know you're well in the game so because yeah Galway had a wide or two at a point down before Limerick went two and three clear and so the psychology there getting back level is very different to, oh, now we've to score two and now we've to score three. Absolutely. And and I think Paul Kinnerk deserves huge credit and John Kiley as well for it was put up to him all day, all day long. And one of the last scores, um, Declan Hannon got the ball. Declan Hannon had a powerful draw, a powerful last 10 minutes, quite enough up to that. The last 10 minutes, he, he was incredible. But on 72 minutes, I have it down here, Hannon got the ball in around his own 14 21. And there's loads of bodies there. And if you could imagine, say, when you're playing this, from where we're looking up in the top of the Hogan it's easy to see where the spare men are but when you're down in that position you get the ball after winning you know ferociously for a start you look up and there's bodies everywhere it's much more difficult to pick out that spare man where's the limerick but he picked out um, Kyle Hayes he picked out or Hannon he picked out Kyle Hayes Kyle Hayes won it and you know there was loads of bodies around he gave it to David Reedy and Reedy put it over the bar and that put him either two or three points up and that was Canerk so they're able to do the toughness the hard work winning the ball in the air the puck outs but even when it came to the 72nd minute when they were under pressure when people maybe might revert back to type A which is hoof the ball down to the far end of the field they had the wherewithal they had the focus they had the confidence to play around with the ball the style they've been training for the last 4-5 or five years and score at a point that probably sealed the, the, the path to the All-Ireland Final for them I'm just watching a replay of some of the big moments and certainly there was a moment late on where Galway were in possession and they just tried to play a cute ball inside and they were turned over and, and straight away Limerick stick it over the bar and those small things again need to go your way it's worth mentioning perhaps Tommy as well Dermot Burns slotted over a couple of big frees late on from distance as Dermot Burns has done all season and beyond yeah huge six uh, five in the fir- or one in the first half five in the second and um, that's a big know, haul in the second isn't it that's a huge a hu- five in the second and to be all long range so they're all at least 65 yards out yeah. it's absolutely huge because you only have to look at we'll say Tony Kelly yesterday you look at Conor Cooney missed a, a couple there today um, so to score them uh, I think Joe Canning said in a newspaper interview there recently enough that a free taker you take him for granted when he's putting the balls over you say sure he's the free taker he should be scoring them what did he score from play but when he misses them everybody looks at the free taker 
why don't they switch the free taker how did they have him on the freeze so a free taker the skill of a, like you have to take into fact you have different pitches you have different hurling balls you might break a hurl you have a different hurl so there's so many different factors in it a Crow Park wind is, I never found there was much of a wind in Crow Park you go to Turles or Semple St- Stadium or Nolan Park or down to the Gaelic Rounds or Parkley Cueve there's Salt Hill the wind is you know far different in each of them grounds so you have so many things that are you know variables and different on, on each given day and um, yeah no Burns was, was was brilliant on them freezing the second half and it's, it's another uh, feather in their cap because it means that if you were of a mind to cynically foul an opposition or stop them coming out easy and maybe give away a few freeze from way out you know what you would think would be very deep with Limerick you can't really do that because Burns is actually liable to score from anywhere yes yeah yeah anywhere I'd say from his own 45 yeah he'll put he'll put them over now he's shown as well that they have the mental capabilities as well to recover from that because in the Munster finally missed a, a number of frees mm. uh, but when you win or draw yeah when you win they won that day when you win nobody takes notice but when you lose every I suppose little detail is looked into but today they won by three and he scored six so that tells its own story I'm sure Shefflin is a, a, a consummate winner and so anything but winning in All-Ireland he will class as a disappointment but if we're to be a bit more uh, forgiving and, and you suspect he might be it, uh, when he's thinking privately to himself there are good ways to exit a championship and there are damaging ways to exit a championship this is not a damaging loss to Galway and what he's trying to build there I would put to you they can take a lot from this Ah, uh, yeah, but it's, it's it, there's no good way to. I, I understand what you're saying. A damaging way would be to go down with no spirit, no fight. Um, maybe players finishing their careers. Um, but there's no good way to to to, to, to uh, exit a championship, Joe. Like if I was a Galway man, I'd be saying we had a chance. Mm. This was our chance to to beat Limerick. To I suppose stop their drive for for three in a row. Stop their probably drive for greatness. Um, put a dent in their confidence. Let them start questioning themselves in the last five minutes instead of you know powering through with confidence and scoring them last minute scores this was Galway's chance like they haven't you know they don't win all Ireland's every day of the week and sometimes it's about winning a game that you shouldn't have won mm. and today was probably that day for them yeah take the point maybe better way of putting it it furthers his credentials it shows that Shefflin's made of the right stuff as a manager yeah, it does and he is because he's brought is, they can't create magical players uh, managers or coaches but what they can do they can I suppose introduce and maybe develop a culture the right culture that everyone comes in they play with the same work rate the same play with the same intensity m- consistently and that's the key with Galway I thought they've been consistent in, in their application of their you know their, their, their work rate throughout the year uh, whether it's that league or championship but probably the the questions they'll have to ask themselves is who is stepping up um, you spoke about young players in, in, in Kilkenny yesterday mm. the, the, the age profile of the guys stepping up like although TJ was you know winning his aerial ball and was magnificent it was the younger players I suppose were driving through the, the Adrian Mullins the Mikey Butlers Hugh Lawlers for Galway it's still their main players are right. their older players right okay so that next generation hasn't uh, nudged them out of the way and taken over just yet no and they're not getting any younger no yeah because for anyone just joining us we were mentioning when it comes to Kilkenny the likes of Adrian Mullen in the big game is 23 Owen Cody's only 21 King Kenny 21 Mikey Butler only 23 Galway want a bit like Kilkenny now they want four or five of that age profile taking the mantle yes and um, you know they've been in I suppose enough minor finals over the last couple of years that maybe there is guys that just need to be shown faith in 
Um, like you know, say David Reedy, he was showing fate today uh, coming on. Like they brought him on uh, in the, in the second half. I'd say he was the first sub on before Casey, before Lynch, and he was the match winner. Mm. So sometimes you have to throw fate in a young fella, and it might take him a year, it might take him six months before you know he kind of gets in the groove and just becomes comfortable in the inter-county game because it is faster, it is more physical. But as soon as you get acclimatised to it, yeah. um, it becomes the norm. So Galway possibly just have to start maybe you know giving these young guys uh, more game time pretend for a second you're Brian Cody how does that feel <laughs> yeah it <laughs> might um, glad Henry Shefflin's not in the final <laughs> I we're all glad I think we're all it, it crossed my mind watching that second half I'm taking the week off work I'm not doing it so what will Cody take from the Galway performance if you follow me because yeah. they caused Limerick uh, numerous problems across that 70 plus minutes so what do you think will have struck Cody about the Galway efforts yeah well I, I, I think the first of all remember John Kiley came on in 2018 all in semi-final I was up here for the game against Cork when they came back and beat him to go through to the final and he, he came out and he asked people to um, give the thanks for their support but kind of politely said please give these guys space now as in we are preparing for an All-Ireland final I know Limerick at the time they weren't in too many All-Ireland finals so you, the, the celebration could be in the fact they reached it but John Kiley was no we're going there to win it and Brian Cody is going to be the same mindset like he is he's going to be applauded after last night what they've done to we'll say a monster team if you like a team in the you know the hottest of farms for most of the summer and he's going to get huge you know praise all, all this week and it's his is it 17 or something All-Ireland final to play in so many All-Ireland semi-finals he's after winning and he has to remember 2019 he was getting the same praise 2016 when they beat Watford in a classic blow on Turles, he was him and his team were getting the same praise and both times they came out and were beaten in the final and they have to remember that feeling semi-finals you don't get any cups you don't get any medals if they are to beat Limerick they have to take him on man for man and there's no other way about it and can he have the players to do it uh, I've told you that and, and I know you thought it was just because of where I was from but no I see these players day in day out they are you know individually there is excellence there there is brilliance there and they just have to I definitely think if you were to take one thing out of today is don't give Limerick too many sharp hook outs right. freely right did Galway do that or no? Different times they did, but listen, you'd have to say it probably they changed it up, which I suppose is another thing. Don't be predictable against Limerick. So at times they were picking them up, more times they were just going back, probably after, I suppose, the early damage. Mm. They went with one probably tactic at the start of the game, but then in the first five minutes, Galan had three and 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 Flanagan had two points got, so probably they had to change it around at that stage. And it looked like trying to look at it live they were kind of mixing and matching for most of the game but they got it right I'd have to say tactically they definitely got it right Yes. so Kilkenny poss- possibly the same like every, every game is different so sometimes you might go one or the other and sorry to make you repeat yourself here but we were talking pre-game and I was asking you the, given that Limerick are probably the most analysed team in the country now had anybody uh, developed certain tactical uh, nuances to cause them trouble and you were saying not especially but you said you've seen what doesn't work and yeah. certainly what doesn't work 
is to have an extra defender or two. A sweeper doesn't work against Limerick. Explain that to us again, Tommy. Why doesn't it work? Yeah, so that doesn't work. Say, when I was hurling, if you got the ball out in the half-back line, you just hit the ball in. So it was going in, and if you didn't, you'd be in trouble. From the sideline, the supporters wouldn't be happy with you. But the game has changed now. So if you have a sweeper in there against this Limerick team, and I get the ball now in the half-back line, I will look up, and I won't hit it in if the sweeper's in there. I will recycle the ball back. It's now okay to give it back to your goalie, give it back to your cornerback, go over to the far side of the field, hit it into a little gap around the middle. So now you don't just strike the ball in without looking. You only give it in if the forward is in front of your player. And I just think through the training and the, the consistency of of application of hitting the ball short when you have to hit it by Canerk, they don't give out to him if they lose it. They just go again and recycle on the next ball. From consistently doing that over the last four years, they're comfortable in their own skins, playing the short game. And I just don't think they're probably the best team in the country because when a normal team gets the ball Joe out around the middle they can't break the tackles but these guys have about four five six foot guys six foot five you have Willow Donu, Kyle Hayes Garrod Hegarty Tom Morrissey is a little bit smaller probably only six foot two <laughs> but he's <laughs> he's huge as well probably about 14 or 15 stone so physically you see this game suits them give the ball to him short they can break the tackles you only look at the full back line who get a lot of ball they usually give it to Barry Nash who has legs and just kudos to him as well he scored one of the best points I'd say a cornerback has scorn in Crow Park got yeah. the ball in the far side straight to midfield but then boys can run with the ball so if you've got a sweeper Limerick will just poke it around in yeah. front of you and take you out point by point by point from distance yeah so, so what you'll see is you won't see so today Glan got six from play yeah. and, and you won't see them scoring so Glan you'll say oh Glan had a quiet game he might only score one or two and the same with Flanagan but what you'll notice is Hegarty and Tom Morrissey were yeah. taken off today they'd score five or six from yeah. play so they can, they can get you either way yeah they can play and, and that's you ask me what's the strength of this Limerick team they seem to be able to play it any way you want and you know the only thing you could say is there has been games where there's only a point or two in it um, Joe and like the minor final today you might just get a stroke of luck and get a goal at the right time Mm. and then they're shocked Mm. it seems like that's regardless of who's playing Limerick it seems like almost part of the case for the opposition against them is they might just get a bit of luck or they might just get an extra goal or two here out of nothing Limerick are so good at the moment it feels like that's what's needed to beat them really there's no one who can almost take them all things being equal yeah no I'd agree with that and you see it comes from the confidence of winning as well and that, say when there's two minutes to go you're after winning so many titles at that stage there's no fear of losing if you lose or you lose and you go on with it and you come back and you win it again mm. um, but if it's your first time trying to win and you're two pints up coming down the home stretch or a pint up or a pint down suddenly you're probably thinking to yourself oh no what if we lose this or you know I need to get this next ball I need to score it's just your confidence isn't as strong as this Limerick team this Limerick team don't care yeah it's funny you know you're talking there about Limerick over four or five however many years with Kylie and Canerk they have uh, allowed the team to get really good at playing the ball short and they've tolerated the mistakes it's kind of interesting as you look at Kilkenny now they're probably a couple of years behind on that front uh, but they are increasingly going short and they are making mistakes and they're continuing to try and play it short I, I think it was uh might have been Michael Dignan on commentary yesterday but the ball broke down when Kilkenny had it middle of the field and uh, you know Dignan was saying Cody must hate it when it happens because it goes against how he sees the game like ultimately 
he's going along with it but you, deep down he probably doesn't love it and when it breaks down he really doesn't love it but he's going with it anyway <laughs> yeah no because he's a traditionalist and we kind of most you know most hurling folk nearly are and why Limerick don't mind is because with this new game this is where they have entered this great team and yeah. this is their their experience of that system is great memories great times Limerick back in the big time Brian Cody's experience of the long ball is great times great memories um, many all Ireland, 11 All-Irelands so it is if you win 11 All-Irelands it's much more difficult to change your way of playing than if you have won none and I think that's why Brian Cody probably but now his experiences you see are after changing you go to, to Salt Hill when we play a goal we were beaten with, with that last minute goal they were going short lost a few balls as you said probably weren't happy with yeah. but for most of the second half they went long and were beaten you go down to Nolan Park when they played Wexford this year they went all long Paddy Deegan and Rich Reid mostly long balls and you know in the olden days it was a great ball them two boys were having the game of their lives man of the match type performances but they were beaten and suddenly they were you know being polarised for it so mm-hmm. I think through experience um, they have probably changed their ways and I think that Wexford match in Olin Park was the biggest one because after that it was like listen we can't stay doing this and why do you think the long ball has stopped working? Uh, because ta- like, there's never been as much analysis um, like I'll give you an example the 2011 All-Ireland Final yeah. we played the semi-final yeah. and um, and I was hitting I was hit long balls into the full forward and it mustn't have been working any water for we were good that day and it was just Richie Hogan came up to me uh, between then and the final and just said Tommy every time you get the ball my cornerback doesn't even mark me. He runs straight to the full back, to the full back, right. to the square. Right. So that's the only reason I changed. It wasn't analysis, if you like, or watching videos. It was just Richie Hogan happened to have that. We were having dinner down Langton's one day after training. He just said it to me. It's just kind of off the cuff. So, um, you know, so t- sorry, going back to your question, but now everything is analysed. So probably everybody, kn- if everybody knows where Deemer Burns is going to hit the ball nine times out of ten. Everybody yes. probably knows, you know. God, that's interesting. And when Hogan said that, did you say, yeah, okay, fair enough, I'll start looking for one short to you then? <laughs> or did you say, well, sod it, you run after him and win the ball? Well, no, well, the funny story behind that is in the Dollar and Final then, I hit a great ball across to Henry Shefflin, and Henry Shefflin put it over the bar. And ever since then, everyone said, oh, you always had a telepathic understanding of the two of you. You always knew where Shefflin was, and he always knew where to run. And in my head, was, no, Richie Hogan told me, stop hitting that ball to the square. <laughs> so I said I'd hit it to the other side. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. I mean, it is amazing how the game has changed before our eyes in... 10 years isn't a, a long time in the history of the sport but it's totally changed it I, like, I wouldn't say there's been a 10 years like it not since I don't know someone caught the ball out of the air for the first time that's been the last big change yeah if you, if you, if you listen to Darry Egan's interview though, recently on one of the stations mm. he was just talking about the workload involved in being a manager now that workload wasn't really there back then it was more get the team right and train your workload kind of was in picking the team maybe yeah. getting a few matchups towards now it's probably video analysis after video analysis like you know it suits probably school teachers that they're basically professional uh, managers from you know June to September so again so let's say Kilkenny will go man for man in the final and they'll they'll try and get their matchups right defensively against Limerick and we saw Kilkenny get their matchups right against Clare brilliantly in defence yesterday up front then you mentioned that Limerick mark zonally yeah so 
every attack is trying to manipulate a defence somehow. Lads are making runs here to drag men away. So it's, it strikes me at a glance that if a team go man for man, then you know, well, if I make a run and my man comes with me, then someone else can dart into that space. It's a bit easier maybe to start causing havoc. Is it, how does a zonal defence uh, sit up for you or set up for you? The zonal defence is difficult in, in this day and age um, because the zonal defence really worked when the backs, when they got the ball, it was the old school. It's safer when it's at the other end of the field than it is at this end of the field. But now they're looking up. So if I'm half back in a, in a zonal formation, marking a half hour, but if he's five yards in front of me, he will get the ball. Towards, you know, historically he would never get the ball unless he was really on his own. Mm. So I think it's 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 purely dependent on your full far line, half far line midfield that they're working so tirelessly that the guy coming out doesn't have time to pick out that spare man. Um, so that's the only way you can really work uh, zonal as far, as far as I can see. Like this, this Limerick team can only probably do it really because they're so talented everywhere okay. that they have the strength. I so, don't think any so normal team could, could go zonally, to be honest. So, so for instance, uh, the Limerick Fours will put such huge pressure on Hugh Lawler that yeah. it allows the defenders further back to marks only. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Because if if Hugh Lawler gets the ball and tries to go past a smaller player, an, an ordinary player, maybe five foot ten or eleven, yeah. he will go past him. He got, tries to go past Kyle Hayes, he won't. Yes, and then he's kind of poking one out under pressure, and uh, you know, fifty-fifty ball, Limerick lads only can afford to be a yard or two off his man in a way that he mightn't if there was no pressure further further up the field. Yes, yeah. and I I think. Um, Galway enjoyed great um, success with that today with with their forwards and midfield I thought every time Limerick tried to come out with the ball at a certain point yeah. they were had to take the extra second to find the man because they were getting hit they were getting you know hooked they were getting flicked and um, that's probably why they were so close today Well in fairness if there's a team that you'd also back to put a, a Limerick defender carrying the ball out and get, trying to get his head up under pressure it's Kilkenny Yes, but like I, I, I don't say this lightly. I said it before the game. Kilkenny really need to go back to to basics regards their mental preparation for this game. It was such a high yesterday mm. that everybody needs to know we've done this before. And in the final, we were convincingly beaten in both finals, both the 2016 final and 2019 final. And um, Kilkenny need to go back to the drawing board. And I don't think any amount of physicality or training in the next two weeks will really you know enhance their, their chances in the final it'll all be about just turning up which is the mind I think they've done the physical preparation so maybe one training session maybe next weekend to get ready but um, they're just going to have to be so focused on like and another another huge part of Limerick's success and I heard Garrod Hegarty speaking about it as well and I, I was looking out for it today their sidelines they waste nothing Every side, like even Conor Bylan came on the second half there, and even they mightn't be scoring from, but they're retaining possession from it. So it just drags another 10 or 15 seconds out of a clock when, when you're heading into injury time. And um, so, like, when I say Kilkenny have to be up for it, they have to be ready for every sideline, every puck out, every free that, you know, that, that, that they're on top of their men because it's the only way to beat this Limerick team. The calendar has changed so much. I'm scrambling to try and remember. Generally, what lead-in time did you have to an All-Ireland final in your day more often than not? Four weeks. Oh, four. Yes. Yeah, so, so. so we're down here to one gap weekend and then off we go. Yeah, yeah, that's it. What yeah. would you prefer, do you think? 
Make no, no odds. Well, we always went back to the club for one week. Right. So we used to have a night out after the semi-final, then back to the club for the week, and then you know you kind of come down if you like. Yeah. And then it's build back up for three weeks. So two weeks of hard training, followed by a week of just um, you know freshening the mind and kind of keeping the legs going really more than anything. And would you think so? Kilkenny brilliant yesterday, and Brian Cody was not getting carried away as you might expect in the post-match interview. You know, he said, "Look, it's great back in Northern finals where we need to be." He certainly wasn't treating it as we've climbed the mountain um, but I presume do you think with two weeks out that you say to the players go out tonight enjoy yourselves have a few beers like let's you know really really enjoy the fact that you've you've done well here in Crow Park against Clare or, or do you think it'll be very straight down batting down the hatches no nights out like we're, we're all business here we're two weeks out from a final how do you think they will treat yesterday See, I don't think to see the issues with them um, like as you know from Brian from his interviews and from many many years of probably hearing them and different walks of life like he will keep them guys feet on the ground but I think it's the supporters really need to keep their get the focus in because although a player mightn't be listening if he's hearing it enough like you know this is you know you're unbelievable we're, we have the game now conquered because now we're able to play the short game as well as the long game Limerick won't be able to put it up to us Galway should have beaten him um, I think it's the supporters need to hmm really focus I know you might find that strange <laughs> a little bit so you dodge my point that will, the t- will the team have had a big night out last night or no I don't know I, hard to know I, I don't, I'm not sure yeah uh, I guess the one thing that might temper the supporters is it's Limerick like if Galway had won today then I think the whole county of Kilkenny would think right we're on here but they, Kilkenny's still going as big underdogs so surely they won't get too carried away or no yeah please God <laughs> so this is Tommy Walters' order now. No bunting, no flags. Just shut your mouth if you see one of the players. Keep quiet. Now we have a jaw. <laughs> um, listen, what, what are we saying then about this uh, semi-final weekend as a as a final word? There were fifty-two thousand I was reading in the stadium today. Only thirty-nine yesterday, and, and obviously the game wasn't too close. As good as yeah. Kilkenny were, so I guess today sort of rescues the weekend a little bit. Yeah, it does. And um, it's, it was thirty-nine thousand was a small a small number for an all Ireland semi-final. You see, we're probably used to new teams like Clare yesterday I found if the game had to be close it could have been an extraordinary semi-final they were very very loud mm. when, when they got going in that second half but yeah no listen today I suppose rescued it yeah. today was a fantastic and I have to say I didn't realise there was many Galway people here but when the game started they were loud and when they came back into the game they were loud so uh, very much they followed that team today but not today it was a great day but I, I get your point it probably wasn't as extraordinary remember the first couple of semi-finals uh, when they were on the <laughs> it was the weekend semi-final uh, yeah. Sem- yeah they were extraordinary days but t- this weekend probably not I think they set a pace that couldn't be matched yes. really it was, it was too good for too many years I think so we're, we were due just an okay one Bill Murray was there as well so he got a decent game I saw he popped up on the screen at one stage yeah JP's friend so they um, pro-am I think tomorrow yeah I see Tigers just landed at a dare so oh. they'll be happy yeah. listen we'll let you go thanks so much for staying on appreciate it Tommy ok Joe cheers Tommy bye. Welsh there Crow Park for us our All-Ireland final on the 17th of July will be Limerick against Kilkenny half past three throw in short break